Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. This is Talk to Cassius. Conversations with today's icons from business, sports, and entertainment. I'm your host, Cassius F. Butts. We're here once again with Talk to Cassius. Brandon, we've got another really cool guest with us here today. Uh, a gentleman who uh, has been around for some time, actually hails from Midwest, but has been in the South for some time now. And I have to say, he's a Morehouse guy, so you know, you know, he's always welcome to the table with that. His name is Troy Evans. Hey, what's going on, Cassius? Brandon, yeah. appreciate it. Um, Just the Midnight Love uh, episode. Let me tell you, this guy is <laughs> kind cool, of smooth. He is cool all of that all the time, from A to Z every day. That is Troy D. Evans, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to hear today from Troy Evans, who is actually a serial entrepreneur. He's an author. Uh, Brandon, he is also uh, uh, a person who has his own podcast as well, too. And he also is doing something in the education field, the executive director for Teach for America in South Carolina, for the state of South Carolina. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Troy D. Evans. Glad you're here today with us, Troy. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it. I'm glad I got the call. I feel honored. And, um, you know, whenever I can be in your presence and soak up some of that greatness, it's a good day. Oh, man, look. He, he's too kind. <laughs> This guy sounds like he's uh he's been doing podcasts and radio for like forty five years. Man, let that's me tell guys, you, that's smooth. He <laughs> is, and and I would tell you one of one of the most memorable times I've actually had an interview was on his show. Ah, uh, and give give him the business, and uh, we talk, and he has interviewed some of the most interesting, accomplished uh, CEOs in this country. But I don't want to talk about it. Let's hear Troy talk about. it. Yeah. Let's talk about that first, and just re- gave you the mind to start that podcast and uh, just really kind of take that to a place that really a lot of us hadn't even been uh, been to before. Uh, definitely. So the podcast is Give Them the Business. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start it because for as long as I can remember, I've been fascinated by black business mm-hmm. um, and the unique struggles that relate to entrepreneurship, particularly when you're black. Sure. And so I thought some of the people that I've known over the years that have you know, taught me invaluable lessons were uh, people that had great stories that should be shared. And I'm a big fan of uh, entrepreneurship and business podcasts, but I wasn't hearing a lot of black voices. And so I wanted to um, interview and talk with as much for my own selfish reasons as for the public, but to, you know, share those stories, to learn, you know, myself uh, from those interviews. And so um, it's entrepreneurs and business leaders. So um, you could have made your mark, uh, you know, bootstrapping or you could have r- uh, risen through the ranks of corporate America. But you have a trait of success that I want to get out to the public and tell that story. So um, that's what Given the Business is all about. We just completed uh, season one. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, seven or eight episodes on uh, all of the various uh, platforms. Um, and we're going to be starting season two pretty soon with right. some even mm. bigger and better 
uh, uh, titans in the world of entrepreneurship and business leadership. So, so talk about who are some of the most interesting persons you've talked to thus far? Because you had a chance to talk to some really cool people. And Brandon, I have to tell you, some people didn't make that list, right? Goodness, all some right. People, some people didn't make the list. I mean, you know, you got to have your stuff right when you're dealing with Troy. Sometimes they don't need to. Well, some of them need to. <laughs> interesting. So, so yeah. So, of course, you mean beyond yourself, right? But, but hey, look, hey, I never even mentioned it. <laughs> Did you make it? I, I made it. The skin of my chinny chin chin. I made it. <laughs> well, well, um, honestly, what I wanted to do was show different levels of success, right? Yeah. Because success is different for for everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people have accumulated a lot of wealth. Some people at the beginning of that journey right. and what have you. Some people have done it, like I said, through corporate America. Some people have, have done it else uh, elsewhere. So the very first guest who um, I was very proud to have on was Julius Hollis, okay. uh, one of the co-partners and co-founders of Air Atlanta. Um, I was good friends with his brother, uh, Michael Hollis, before he passed away. Yes. And I just remember, and you know, I, you know, I've known Mike, I knew Mike for 15 you know, plus years. I just remember um, uh, being astounded that a black man owned a commercial airline. I didn't know that, right? And and you know, I'll tell a quick story. I I Please. was in a barbershop on MLK one day, and you know there were some some young people in the barbershop, and somehow it came around to uh, the young man that was sitting in the chair didn't believe that any uh, uh, black people had owned a McDonald's, mm. and I spent. 20 minutes telling him about the Leon Goodrums of the world and the Caesar yeah. Burks of the world and, 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 and Harold Lewis's who are on McDonald's and how they've been doing it for years and years. And, and you know how he needed to get on the martyr and go outside of the bankhead area and learn more about that entrepreneurship that took place. And after that 20 minute, you know, monologue, his response was, I bet you they don't own no Wendy's. Right? <laughs> Straight barbershop talk. <laughs> but what was astounding to me was just how inconceivable it was for people that look like us to re- to realize that that um, black entrepreneurs were doing great things. So Julius Hollis and and, and Michael Hollis with the airline, sure. tremendous. Mm-hmm. I recently had Michael Russell. Yes. of H.J. Uh, Russell, CEO of H.J. Russell on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those are titans in their industry. Uh, but then I also went to, uh, uh, with some people who are less known names. I had Adrian Lance Lucas, mm-hmm. um, Spellman sister. Yes. Uh, so uh, she raised $225 million for her own private equity, a story that needed to be heard. Right. Uh, Rob Jones with um, uh, Cityscape Housing. That's right. And, and I didn't want to hear just the success stories. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear the mistakes. That's right. Yeah. I wanted to hear Ooh. where they mm-hmm. fell down, bumped their head a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and how they got back up, brushed themselves off, and, and rebounded, especially because, like I said, that that is unique. The, the rebound, you know, sometimes black folks don't get a second chance. Sure. So that sure. rebound is even more courageous and interesting of a story than, than maybe when you're hearing about it from someone else. Right. In, your, in your walks in business, in entre, entrepreneurial endeavors, coupled with the fact that you talked to all these people in your podcast, is there a, a connecting linear soup that goes with what you're serving? And I say that to say 
People who leave industry might have been people who just followed certain steps. People who are entrepreneurial by nature might be more aggressive. And then there might be some people in the middle. What are some of the things you've learned, you know, from your own entrepreneurial endeavors and then from what you're getting from these people, if there are any common strings to put into that soup in the discussion? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Um, I think there are some common things that, that rise to the top. The first is something that Cassius is awesome at and that is being a master networker. Um, You've got to make the most of your relationships. That is what uh, being on this earth is all about. And if you can tap into the people that have come into your life for a reason, gain as much from them, and give as much back to them, then you're going to more than likely be successful. So that was one of the things. you you got to leverage your network, right? Um, That was one of the things that rose to the top. A second thing was um, don't be afraid to take insane risk, um, especially early in your in your life. Um, you've got to be willing to, you know, shut out the naysayers and believe in yourself um, and stay the course uh, for as long as it takes because a lot of times the rewards are given to those who just were able to keep overcoming the obstacles. And uh, but I'm going to tell you something that I've also learned that is kind of counter to that. And it's the fine line. It's the art of entrepreneurship and not the science. You've got to be willing to stay the course, but you also got to know when you're on the wrong path. Okay, right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're on the wrong path, get off of that as soon as possible. Pivot. Right. (laughs) Pivot as soon as possible. And sometimes the greatest success stories were those that pivoted early and realized after listening to their customers and to their target audience that this is what they really should be doing and not what they thought they should be doing. So that is one of the, the things uh, as well um, that, that I think is, is critical to being successful as an entrepreneur. So, Brandon, you know, you hear Troy talk about these things, and obviously he comes from a place of experience. And for, uh, for our listeners, uh, Troy is – someone who's kind of been through those successes and those successful places. Uh, but he's also been head of operations for poker operations in, in Las Vegas for a major hotel. Uh, he's been head of strategy for uh, National Black NBA Association. Uh, and he is now the executive director or for Teach for America for the state of South Carolina. Troy, talk about you have a very diverse background, right? And you've kind of taken this and also put in, in a book as well, too. What inspired you to write the book and tell us about it? So the book is called Rest Assured. Uh, it's basically a business parable, short story. You can, you can get through it in about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. So, uh, But the reason why I wanted to do that was because that was all about my business philosophy of once I set a goal, I'm not going to let anything stand in my way of achieving it and the amount of dedication you have to put into overcoming obstacles. Okay. So that's what that business parable uh, speaks to. Um, but, you know, if I was to write another book and I've been thinking about it, I'd probably call it Jack of All Trades. Okay. Right. And, and it's because I have had such a varied background and I've had just as many failures as, as I've had successes. But the the one thing I am proud of, and, and I was actually, I'm, I'm reading a book right now by a guy named Bill Perkins. Uh, it's called Die With Zero. And he has an interesting take on life, but but basically he's like you should measure 
your life not by the wealth you accumulate, but by the memories you accumulate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking stock of the memories that I've been able to accumulate in my years on earth. And I'm actually proud of, of what I've accomplished um, in the memory department. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, one thing I've been blessed with is to pick up a new uh, skill set or discipline in a short amount of time. If you give me 30 to 60 days in any discipline, you'll think I've been working there for 10 years. So sure. so I will master something extremely quickly as long as it's not open heart surgery, right? So, <laughs> But if it's business related, I, I'll master it. Um, and so it, that, that skill set has allowed me to be willing to say, you know what, I'm not interested in doing this anymore. Let me try something completely new. But, but Brandon, the thing about it, he just talked about, uh, but he, he's a Morehouse guy, so, you know, we like that, you know, yeah. of course. Uh, Clark Atlanta, MBA, appreciate that as well, too. But where's that work ethic come from? Where's it come from? Who instilled that into your life, and why do you still use it today? You know, that that's a great question. I would, I would have to say it's probably come from a composite of a lot of different individuals who I try to always grab the best that they had to offer, be it be it my uh, parents, um, my stepdad was an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, kind of following um, uh, what he would, the path that he led, but also um, uh, individuals that um, that I just witnessed uh, around me and wanting to be like them and kind of finding out what their, what their success path was. But I also say that, um, you know, I'm an empirical person and I found that the results were better when I applied a stronger work ethic than when I didn't. Okay. So I'm not one to um, be oblivious to the facts. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that when I tried harder, worked harder, stayed the path on something, I, I produced better results. And so that became what I wanted to associate with my personal brand. How do we work through or navigate you know, dropping that cipher into younger people? You, you made a very good point about being aggressive and taking risk and also learning from mistakes. But there, there seems a lot of times, uh, you know, sometimes culturally it's do some things. You know, you go to school, you get a job, you go get a house, you go do this, you go get some kids. And then those conversations about taking risk, conversations about side avenues where you can start early, learn from them, maybe be successful early. When do those conversations need to start happening so we can see a lot of younger people, you know, get entrepreneurial opportunities earlier in their lives? I think you got to start uh, immediately. Um, my daughter is seven, and she wanted to buy a skateboard the other day. And I was like, well, we're breaking open the piggy bank. You know, you're going to have to learn what the difference between immediate gratification is and delayed gratification and working and me giving you uh, an allowance for doing a good job versus not doing a good job and all of those things that go into it. She wants to do a lemonade stand this summer. I'm all for it, you know, and so – uh, I want to get her on that path as early as possible because if she wants a specific discipline, such as maybe being an architect or an attorney or something like that, she's going to obviously have to go to college. But if you want to be a success in business, you don't necessarily have to go to college. You got to get out in these streets and hustle, right? And you got to know the difference between negotiations that have gone well and haven't gone well when somebody took advantage of you. My grandmother used to always say, don't take no wooden nickels, okay? And so you got you to gotta bring that keen sense of um, hustle and awareness 
to uh, to your everyday appetite if you want to be successful in entrepreneurship. And and to be honest, because I I'm doing fairly well in life, I struggle with how to instill that in her instead of just giving it to her, yeah. right? And um, so that's one of the things that I, I I try to focus on every day. That's tough, and, that, and that's I mean that's very very real. I mean you you've made it, you've been successful, you're in a place where. Uh, you can give your 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 daughter and your loved ones teachable moments through your own experience, but it's a different kind of experience for them, mm-hmm. right? So they can hear it in theory, but they're looking like, well, Daddy, you did that. I don't have to do that. Right. So, so what do you do with it? Right. But I think this goes back to Brandon his book, you know, and I think it goes back to your podcast. You have different outlets to get information to people to learn how to avoid the things that they may have done. Mm-hmm. Um, spoken, to, spoken to folks like Julius, who I, I think the world of, we mentor with, uh, both with, Ju- with Julius and um, the Bill Picards of the world who are mm-hmm. doing some phenomenal things. Um, you know, really talk a bit about Teach for America and how can uh, we play a role in making sure that we're making taking some of the practices that you're putting out there in the state of South Carolina that we can apply here in Georgia. Right, definitely. So uh, Teach for America is an organization that attracts uh, uh, usually young leaders who want to give back uh, to the community. Uh, it's most similar and was inspired by the Peace Corps, uh, but you would commit to two years of teaching in a classroom that is most likely underserved, and we are focused on the equity of education. So how do we provide low income and uh, children of color, the same equitable education that um, some of the more affluent neighborhoods have. Um, but we're looking, w- w- one of the things that we understand is that, you know, we can teach you how to do a lesson plan. We can teach you how to um, uh, present material in the most uh, effective manner. What we what we really need and is a hard time, and we have a hard time teaching, is to bring that passion to the table, yeah. right? to bring that love of community, to bring that sense of um, selflessness to the table. That's what we look for in the recruiting process because uh, if we can tap into that passion, we'll give you the skills to be successful in the classroom. Okay, okay. You know, uh, before we start to wrap up, and I'm going to get some, some, some thoughts from you, Troy, some takeaways. Uh, you know, it's a game. Gaming is a, is a sport now, as you know. Oh, no question, big yeah, time, big, with the, big with the time, uh, and also and and uh, um, you being in Las Vegas for a period of time, being head of operations, poker operator. What 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 is that? Explain that. What what does that mean? I so, I don't get it. I mean, I'm a Uno kind of guy. I, I don't <laughs> I don't even know how to play uh, spades. I can play blackjack. Can't play Tonk at Caesars. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they can play. If we could play Uno and, and Caesars, I'd be the king. Boy, I'm the I am the Uno king. So listen, I, I got some gamble in me, which is yes. why I take some risk. Okay. And one of the things I think I bring to the table is is a, is a, um, if it's gonna come down to our competitive of the mind, right? Because my body has deteriorated over the years. But if it's sure. gonna come down to the mind, I'm still sharp. And poker is a, a game of mental skill, right? And uh, so I was fortunate enough at a young age to to be uh, financially um, uh, viable enough to say, you know what, I like playing poker. Let me go out to Las Vegas and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. And went to the Hard Rock Casino. Wow. And um, they had just built this beautiful multi-million dollar room and nobody was playing in it. Mm-hmm. And so my business sense kicked in and I started saying, well, you know, I'm out here. 
I can turn this room around for them. And so I stalked the casino operations manager for like three weeks. And in that three, this is this is that work ethic and preparation. Sure. So in that three week, I went around to every poker room in the entire Las Vegas area, mm-hmm. and I manually counted how many poker players were playing at every table in every room. And I did that every night for three weeks. Wow. And then I compared a rudimentary market share report. Told you this dude was right? cool. Right. So <laughs> when the casino operations director was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll meet with you. This, what is this dude don't know nothing. He's not right. from the hospitality industry, whatever. Right. I went in and said, listen, I'm not from, I don't know anything about the gaming world, but what I do know is business and I do know poker, right? Because poker is, is, a, is, a, is the best business game you could probably learn, in my opinion. And I said, you know, if you give me an opportunity, I will increase your market share from bottom of the list to number three in the, in the, in the, in the, in the whole city. What I didn't know was he paid for a market share report. Mm. And when he compared my report to theirs, it was spot on. Wow. Okay. And wow. so he, he, he called me the next day and said, I want to offer you a job to turn this room around for me for two reasons. One, because I can see that you took this seriously in your preparation. And two, you didn't promise me the world. You didn't say we were going to be number one. You said we were going to be number three. And so okay. I knew <laughs> that you were serious about where you planned it on landing. And you wasn't selling me some pie in the sky dreams. Right. And so what ended up happening was I got the room. I turned it around. Mm-hmm. It became very successful. And I oversaw a staff of 55 people, $10 million, uh, and was all about um, – Making sure that that uh, department revenue generator on the P and L was was successful for the Hard Rock. I met uh, people that you see playing on TV all the day, yeah. uh, all day long. The Phil Ivies of the world, mm-hmm. the Chris mm-hmm. Ferguson's of the world. I was playing with them. The mm-hmm. Doyle Brunsons. Um, I still do. I go play in the World Series of Poker every year. Really? Um, right. uh, I'm still trying to get the bracelet, but I have cashed several times. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a great game. People always tell you to learn chess. But I say learn poker because chess is a game of complete information. And in life, you never have all the information. Mm. So you got to make your best guess estimate with only 80% of the information. And that's the same thing with poker. You know, I don't know what card you're holding. Right. But based on the information you've given me, what can I assume? And then what risk am I live, uh, willing to uh, take uh, when it comes down to money, because it's not a ma- in Tunk, it's did you well? Tunk is gambling too, but in Uno, it's did you win the hand, right? But in poker, it's did you win money? Mm. So wow, should I ask him if he can help me with my Tunk market? You know what? You might have to <laughs> take that out to Vegas. <laughs> Maybe build something here in Atlanta. That is a fantastic. Like, I, I dropped with thirty in Tunk, so I guess <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that's a fantastic story in perseverance, mm-hmm. not under or over over promising or under delivering and showing people that you are serious and giving them some hardcore evidence that you are so not just lip service but that that is an incredible story that i think a lot of people can have have some things resonate for them down the road and i'll tell you another thing associated with that uh, i go back to that personal brand you know know what you want your personal brand to be um, you know, I want, you know, people when they interact with me to call me later and say, well, I want to do some business with you again. Mm-hmm. When that casino operator left, uh, he wanted me to come with him. Wow. 
everywhere he's gone. He's currently runs the Atlantis in the Bahamas. Okay? Oh wow! You know, but before that, it was in Aruba. Before that, it was in Singapore. They need he, somebody to hold the boxes. Exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'd like to go. MC. And, and, and I haven't <laughs> taken advantage of the yeah. offer, but I at least want the option because yeah. I did a good job. That's pretty cool. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's always cool when you can leave a favorable impression. You know, with people who you work with, and uh, and actually to your point, Brandon, following your passion. You know, continue to follow your passion uh, is, is something we talk about often. Uh, I, I actually had to make sure I made a, a, a set away also for our folks at First Choice. First Choice is this is sponsored by First Choice today, where you can get all your credit card uh, mortgages, lines of credit, uh, you know, consumer loans, and PPP, Brandon. You yeah, know, yep. PPP, um, you know, very necessary for a lot of small, medium, and all businesses, not just for the business owner, but also to take care of employees. So make a first choice credit union your first choice when you're looking for a PPP um, funding in, and to secure your business the, the way you need to. There you go. Just don't play poker with that's all. Don't play poker with it. You might lose. You're playing with Troy. That's it. Game over. Troy, any last words you can give us? Any any takeaways we can take? I mean, such an impressive background, uh, so diverse, uh, very intentional, very serious. Uh, what takeaways can you give us uh, that we could add for our listeners and our viewers today? You know, um, I, I like short little quips. You know, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is a fact, not a reason. So, mm. you know, keep those in mind. Um, think about your personal brand. Uh, take the risk while you're young, if you can, but don't stop taking them. You know, C- Colonel Sanders, I think, started Kentucky Fried Chicken in the 60s or 70s. So, wow. you know, um, you can take the risk at any point in time, but you got uh, less to worry about losing when you're young. So uh, so do that. But um, but follow your passions and don't measure success by wealth. Uh, measure it by the experiences you've had. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for being with us today. Brandon, awesome, awesome, awesome show today. Very inspiring, yeah. very informative, very educational. People will be moved. Absolutely. I want to thank you again for tuning in with us here at Talk to Cashes and continue to follow your passion, as Troy said. Just don't play poker with me. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.